Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. All right, good. Okay, Genesis 42, that's where we're going to continue this morning, Genesis 42, Genesis 42, beginning verse 18, Genesis 42, 18. So first, let's look to our God. Lord Jesus, we are so happy to call you our God this morning. And should not your people be taught by you as our God? So do teach us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 42, verse 18. Joseph said unto them the third day, this do and live, for I fear God. If you be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. Go ye, carry corn for the family of your houses. But bring your youngest brother unto me, so shall your words be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. And they said one to another, we are verily guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. Reuben answered and said, saying, Spake I not unto you, saying, Do not sin against the child, and you would not hear. Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. They knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. And he turned himself about from them, and wept, and returned to them again, and communed with them, and took from them Simeon, and bound him before their eyes. Then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn, and to restore every man's money into his sack, and to give them provision for the way. And thus did he unto them. They laid their asses with the corn and departed thence. And as one of them opened his sack to give his ass provender, in the inn he espied his money, for behold, it was in the sack's mouth. And he said unto his brethren, My money is restored, and lo, it is even in my sack. And their heart failed them, and they were afraid, saying one to another, What is this that God hath done unto us? Okay, now, in our last study, we saw how the ten brothers... They were there before Joseph, and only they didn't know it was Joseph, obviously. And we saw how Joseph then tried to get his brothers to go to God for relief when he said that, I fear God. And we saw how Joseph reversed himself because at first he said that they would all be imprisoned and one of them would go back for Benjamin. And then the reversal was that only one of them would be imprisoned and that the rest of them would go back home for Benjamin. But what was the best thing of what we saw was this all this pressure starting to finally work on the brothers in verse 21 when they finally begin to see say something that shows us real light when it says we are verily guilty concerning our brother and that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us and we would not hear. And then we saw how they began to realize that all of their troubles were not just by chance. And we saw... All sorts of new details about that fateful day 
when they captured Joseph, they stripped him, they threw him into the empty pit that was in the desert, then they drew him out and sold him as a slave. We saw how all the brothers saw the anguish of Joseph's soul on his face, and they all refused to hear his cries for mercy. And then we saw how Reuben, we didn't know this, but Reuben tried to talk him out of it and tried to get them not to harm the child, as he called him. And then we saw how Joseph heard every word they were saying, but they didn't know. Now, what's happened at this point in this history is that this was all way too much for Joseph. He just can't handle it any longer. And in verse 24, we read, he turned himself about from them and wept. And so those words, he turned himself about from them. It shows us how Joseph now looked for some place to hide his emotions. You know, men do that. Women don't do that, but men do that. (laughs) But anyway, he just couldn't hold the tears back any longer, so he just quickly looks for some private place to go and cry his heart out. And he found that place where he could go have this real exhaustive cry, and he cries. And this shows for us a tender side of Joseph. It's a side where all Joseph can do is cry. Now, when you think about Joseph crying there, why do you think he was crying? And what do you think he was brought him to tears? What were the feelings inside of Joseph that just reduced him to tears? What would you say? Why was he crying? Allergies? No, sorry. <laughs> remorse. Remorse. He saw remorse when they said, we're guilty. You know, okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Anyone else? Okay. You know, what Joseph was feeling here was undoubtedly a deep, deep sense of just grief and sadness. I mean, first of all, he did, you can't help but realize, he had to remember all the pain and the anguish that he went through that his brothers caused him. And so this was, for him, kind of a reliving of this. You know, when they, when they brought out these details that, oh boy, you know, I kind of forgot about those, but here they come back up again, you know, the anguish of my soul and my cries for mercy. So that was a personal pain for him. But you know what was the worst pain that he experienced during that time? Betrayal. It was betrayal. You know, betrayal is a special pain because betrayal is a pain where you trust someone and then he turns to be your enemy. That's betrayal. That's the pain that the Lord Jesus experienced with Judas Iscariot. Don't forget that the Lord called Judas friend, even when he betrayed him. And Judas was entrusted. What was Judas entrusted with? Money bag. He was entrusted with the money bag, the finances. And so he was trusted with that, and he stole from the bag. He was stealing. That was a betrayal of trust. Judas was also entrusted to know certain secrets which weren't known. What was the secret that he knew? But whereabouts, that's right, where he resorted to pray. Oh, everybody saw the Lord when he was in public. He was in the temple and things like that. But then the Lord had a secret place where he would go to pray, which was this Garden of Gethsemane. And Judas knew that information, and he sold that information to the Lord's enemies who could then seize him in the darkness because it was really important because the enemies of the Lord, they said, we can't take him in the daylight because there will be a riot among the people. So they had to know this. Unfortunately, God's people know, we know too well 
this special pain of betrayal. As, as, as either either you have experienced it or you will experience it, this pain of being betrayed. And David was especially betrayed by his own son, Absalom, as it's described in Samuel fifteen twelve, where this betrayal by Absalom is spoken about where it says in 2 Samuel fifteen twelve, and Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilanite, David's counselor, from his city, even from Gilo, where he, while he offered sacrifices and the conspiracy was strong and the people increased continually with Absalom. That was a terrible betrayal that David experienced. And he described what it was like to be betrayed. I don't know if he was talking about Absalom in Psalm 55, 12, or if he was talking about somebody else, some other instance, but nevertheless, he describes what it feels like to be betrayed in Psalm 55, 12, when he says, for it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man of mine equal, my guide, my acquaintance, We took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God in company. That's what Joseph was feeling. What makes betrayal so painful is that the betrayer is not an enemy, but a person whom David described as, we took sweet counsel together. We walked into the house of God in company. He's talking about a believer. He's talking a believer that he had had sweet fellowship with. And then he goes on and he describes it in another place in Psalm 41, 9, Psalm 41, 9. Yea, mine own familiar friend, he calls him, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. He calls the betrayer mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted. That made it so much more painful when that was the person who lifted up his heel against David. Job felt his pain. Job felt the pain of betrayal when he said in Job 19.9, Job 19.9, all my inward friends abhorred me and they whom I loved are turned against me. Even his own wife essentially betrayed Job when she said, just curse God and die. That's a, that was a betrayal. Paul was betrayed. He felt his pain of betrayal when he wrote in 2 Timothy 4.10, 2 Timothy 4.10, and he said, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. So Joseph cried when he refelt all this pain of having been betrayed by the brothers that he trusted. And Joseph was not just weeping because of the pain that, that, that he experienced, but Joseph was also weeping because he felt the pain that they were experiencing. They were experiencing, as Tom was saying, they were experiencing the pain when they said, for we are verily guilty. And so Joseph lived with the outer pain, it's true, of him being a slave and him being a prisoner. But Joseph didn't have this inner pain that he saw his brothers had from the guilt of being verily guilty of having betrayed Joseph. And Joseph was grieved over the pain that his brothers felt because of what they did against him. So verse 24 is such an important detail it talks about Joseph crying here because it shows the heart of hearts of Joseph. It shows what he was really, how he was grieved. He's weeping not only because of the pain that they caused him, but because 
His tears were over the pain that they were experiencing. And when he cries here, and what he does from here on out, you can tell that Joseph it does not have the attitude, he does not have the attitude of, well, at last I've got you in my clutches. You know, I mean, I remember how you threw me into the pit. Now, will you watch me as I torture you by just sort of dangling you over the flames of hell? He doesn't have that attitude. He doesn't have the attitude of, well, let's see now, let me get the accounting out. We're going to do the tooth for tooth and eye for eye accounting here. That would have been taking the road of justice to repay what they did to him. And that's an easy road for us to take, is the road of justice and vengeance. But that's a low road. And Joseph now has risen to a higher level, a level of mercy and forgiveness. And so his tears are not just tears of resentment against his brothers, but they're really tears where he feels the pain that they're feeling. And in order for a person to forgive another person, they have got to feel the pain of that person they're forgiving. And he felt the pain of his brothers. So he looks at his brothers, and he kind of yearns for them, and he wants them to be restored to God. And 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 when he listens to his brothers talk, he's forgiving them. He's in the practice of forgiving them. When they're talking about, we saw the anguish, and we didn't respond, we heard the cries, we didn't respond, and we can imagine. He feels the grief of what he felt. He feels their pain of their guilt. And as they're describing it, he's inwardly saying, but I forgive you for that. I forgive you for that. I forgive you for that. So he's crying over all of this, this grief and this sorrows here. And it illustrates for us what the Lord did with our griefs and our sorrows when it says in Isaiah 53, 4, Isaiah 53, 4, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Those were griefs and those were sorrows that came from our sins and the consequences of our sins. But the Lord didn't have any sins of his own. So he didn't have any consequences for any of his own sins that would have caused him the grief and the sorrows. So all those griefs and all those sorrows that the Lord was carrying and bearing were made him to be, in the next verse, Isaiah 53, 5, Isaiah 53, 5, it made him to be despised and rejected of men, and a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. Now, if we didn't have verse 24 in our Bibles here, telling us how Joseph wept in private, we would not really know what Joseph was feeling at this time. This is a real window into his heart of hearts. And it's just like a verse that we have these amazing verses in the Bible. This is one of the amazing verses in the Bible because it tells us so much about the heart of Joseph. We also have amazing verses in the Bible that tell us about the heart of God, which one of them is Jeremiah 31, 20. Jeremiah 31 is an amazing chapter, but Jeremiah 31, 20, if we didn't have that verse, we wouldn't know how God feels when his children sin because there it's talking about Ephraim, the tribe of Ephraim, but it shows the heart of God when it says in Jeremiah 31, 20, Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? For since I spake against him, I do earnestly remember him still. Therefore, my bowels are troubled for him. I will surely have mercy upon him, saith the Lord. He starts off, he calls Ephraim my dear child, a pleasant child. He says about Ephraim, I do earnestly remember him. 
And then he says something which is just amazing when God says, my bowels are troubled for him. What an amazing statement for God to be talking about. My bowels are troubled for him. I mean, how much more graphic can God be when your bowels are troubled? It's the worst feeling. And then, you know, I don't know. Go down to Mexico, eat something you shouldn't eat, drink something you shouldn't drink, and you'll know what it is to have your bowels troubled. But this is what God says. Is this how he feels? When we turn away from him, as Ephraim did, to idolatry, he is so deeply troubled. And the context of that statement in Jeremiah 31, when God said he was deeply troubled about hearing about, is so interesting because it says up a few verses above that in Jeremiah 31, 18, Jeremiah 31, 18, he said, I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself. And this is what Ephraim says. Thou hast chastised me. And I was chastised as a bullock unaccustomed to the oak. Turn thou me, and I shall be turned, for thou art the Lord my God. Surely after I was turned, I repented. And after that, I was instructed. I smote upon my thigh. I was ashamed, yea, even confounded, because I did bear the reproach of my youth. See, what it says there is that God, I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself. Isn't that what Joseph did? Isn't that what Joseph was doing here? When Joseph was hearing the brothers bemoan themselves, we are verily guilty concerning our brother and that we saw the anguish of his soul and, 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 they, and they didn't hear his cries. They were bemoaning themselves and this broke Joseph's heart. That's why he's crying. And this broke the heart of God. When he, this is why he said, my bowels are troubled within me. And so... Because and, and he heard Ephraim say that they knew God had chastened them. They knew that. Just like the brothers knew that this distress is, they're going to come to the point where they're going to say this has come from God. And then God hears Ephraim really get honest, really get honest and say, they're honest to God. It's, this is a real honest to God statement. When they say to God, turn thou me and I shall be turned, for thou art the Lord my God. This is Ephraim now saying to God, I'm so sick with sin, I can't turn myself. I can't turn myself back from God. I can't stop sinning. I can't stop with these idols. You can fill in anything. I can't stop with the pornography. I can't stop with the drugs. I can't stop with the alcohol. I can't stop with whatever. This is Ephraim saying that. I'm so sick with sin, I can't turn myself back to God. So what they're saying in this verse is, so God, please turn me back. Just like a young bull, a young bull that has to be turned. That's being honest to God. That's honest. We shouldn't fall so far away from God that we have to ask God to chasten us, to bring us back. But sometimes that's the only way to come back. And then they said in Jeremiah 31, 19, Jeremiah 31, 19, surely... After that I was turned, I repented. Now, they said, after that I was turned, then I repented. They didn't say, after I turned myself. After I turned myself back to God, then I repented. They said, after he turned me back, then I repented. And then Ephraim said, after that I was instructed, I smote upon my thigh. They said, I was ashamed, yea, even confounded, because I did bear the reproach of my youth. That's the talk that God heard when he said in the next verse, my bowels are troubled in me. I will surely have mercy upon him, saith the Lord. Now, we can also see this sympathetic pain 
that God has for Israel when they turned to idols and then turned back to him in Judges. Unfortunately, we have many examples of these things in the Bible. So Judges chapter 10, verse 15, Judges chapter 10, verse 15, where it says, and the children of Israel said unto the Lord, we have sinned. Do thou unto us whatsoever seemeth good unto thee. Deliver us only, we pray, this day. And they put away the strange gods from among them and served the Lord. And then there's an amazing statement here. It talks about God. It says, and his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. This is a time when Israel, they'd forsaken the Lord. They had worshiped and served the gods of you name it, and they took it. Gods of Syria, gods of Philistines, gods of the Amorites. So God then delivers them into their hands and says, you like their gods? How do you like to be ruled over by them? And just like the brothers here before Joseph, they repent and they told God in Judges 10, 15, Judges 10, 15, we have sinned. We have sinned. Just like the brothers say, we are verily guilty. And as a matter of fact, just like the brothers didn't just say, well, you know, we, yeah, we sinned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or we're guilty. No, the brothers were specific. We have sinned in that we saw the anguish of his soul and would not hear. So those were two specific areas they said they were very specific in. Israel was also specific in Judges 10.10. Judges 10.10, the children of Israel cried unto the Lord saying, we have sinned against thee both because we have forsaken our God and also served Balaam. Very specific. And God was hard on Israel. God was hard on Israel, just like Joseph is being hard on his brothers. But just like Joseph was broken to tears at this point during this, really what was a painful process, so the Lord felt so terrible for Israel during this process that he was being hard on them that God said how terrible he felt in Judges 10.16, Judges 10.16, when he said his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. His soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. Just imagine those words. I mean, God's soul being grieved for the misery of Israel. How much do you really hear about God's soul in the Bible? And when have we ever heard of God's soul being grieved? And why was God's soul grieved? Why was his soul grieved? It was because of the misery, the misery of Israel. He was feeling the misery. That's who God is. God has a tremendous heart of sympathy, compassion, empathy. He's got this heart for our misery and our affliction that comes a result of our sin. God never says, that serves you right. I'm glad. He doesn't do that. He feels our affliction when our affliction is because of our sin. He feels that. It says that in Isaiah 63.8, Isaiah 63.8, for he said, surely they are my people children that will not lie. So he was their savior. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them in his love and his pity. He redeemed them. He bare them. He carried them all the days of old. But they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was turned to be their enemy and he fought against them. Imagine that. God, because of their rebellion, becomes their enemy and he fights. It says God fights against Israel But during that whole process, he's broken over it. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages 
can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.